What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus this is wwe superstar drew mcintyre and you're listening to the wwe podcast the one that everybody wants me Says I just whipped your ass. This is my You're gonna acknowledge me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I am one of the hosts here, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function Podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms. And also on Patreon, if you prefer an ad-free experience. Joining me on today's episode, my co-host is back, John Carrasco. John, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, man. I appreciate you. You know, give me a little introduction. Yeah, I've been missing here and there, but I mean, of course, things come up. Hey, so. life happens, man. Yeah, we got to uh, go through it. But I mean, uh, I did uh, get some feedback from you on some Twitter things, so I did go ahead and join that again. You yep. know, or not, I know it's kind of... 
off and on, but I yeah. mean, I'm not too it's much a love of hate a, relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not too much of a social media guy, but yeah, if you want to, uh, holler at me or anything, you know, get at my account. I'm on there. Uh, big speaker, B I G G underscore speaker. Yeah. Just get at me if you need to. I answer any questions, try to be, uh, interactive as much as I can, but yeah, uh, I'm back to be back in the chair, man. And, uh, CD, you did some improvements here in the studio and yep. it's nice. It's yeah. nice. It definitely gives it like another, another look, I guess you could yeah. say, you know, cause you, the way you changed everything, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to be back and everything and yeah, ready to break it down. Yeah, and just to kind of clarify, last week it's not like you were just flat out unavailable for the oh, show. No, no, the yeah. the finals, obviously, which is over, we don't have to talk about that. This is one time where I'm so glad this I wasn't is a, trying to. This is a wrestling show, <laughs> so I'm so glad we're going to focus on that. But uh, basically, oh, there was man. I think it might have been game three. I'm not really sure which one it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. it would definitely one after the Celtics lost. But either way, um, you. Th- the, you were down to record. The only reason why oh, we yeah. didn't was because that game ended super late. And yeah. obviously you have kids and all that stuff. And it's just not as easy as just snapping your fingers and coming all the way over here to record a podcast. So wasn't no thing. Obviously had a top five to kind of fill in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that the listeners enjoyed that. It did spark a little bit of a discussion. I did notice that whether heard, it was in the discord or on Twitter, I just noticed the phrasing dethroned Roman Reigns was kind of, you know, thrown around a little bit after that episode. So we're going to have another top five here at the very end of this SmackDown review, talking about tag teams that were split up way too early. As you guys know, that's something that happens way too often here in WWE. So we're going to kind of highlight some of the teams that uh, that's happened to over the last couple of years. But obviously that's at the end of the episode, Um, the beginning of the episode, Going to be covering SmackDown, the SmackDown that aired on June 17th, 2022 from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that does actually factor in at some point, just given, you know, some of the people that are from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Some people might actually make appearance or make an appearance here on the show. But, I mean, speaking of people making an appearance on the show, there was one in particular that was leaked today, early this morning. Vince McMahon, the chairman, or at least, should I say, the ex-chairman, CEO, whatever it is. Yeah, because he actually stepped down, or the former is what I should say. Now the Stephanie McMahon is in that chair. The whole discussion for another day, but we can get into it since we haven't really talked about it here on the show. But Mm -hmm. anyways, uh, yeah, he he was, you know, he's the one who opened the show. Uh, He, you know... I feel like obviously it was a, a ratings draw. Like people, they knew. I mean, I know a lot of people that tuned into SmackDown that typically don't. I got on, I got on Twitter after the first segment, and I just people who typically don't live tweet wrestling were like, "Are you kidding me? That's it?" Because all Vince McMahon did was he came out and he, you know, he highlighted the uh, that you know that trademark thing at the in the video package that they show, whether it's before any pay per view, whether it's SmackDown, Raw. Whatever it is, they have that WWE then now forever together or whatever together forever. I don't. I honestly don't know. Like to be honest, that's something that I've. If I have a chance to fast forward that, I'm most likely going to. But um, Vince McMahon comes out and he just basically repeats that and he emphasizes the together part, basically trying to rally the troops behind him, given that he in terms of PR, isn't necessarily in the coldest of water. You know, he's in some hot water, obviously. He was forced to step down because the 
uh, $3 million settlement or whatever it was to keep whoever's mouth shut or whatever the situation was for the affair that he was having with a WWE employee uh, that was brought to the light. And it obviously made Vince McMahon look like an absolute jag-off. And that's something that, you know, a lot of WWE fans have already kind of had that opinion on him even before this. So the fact that this came out it's like, what the hell? I mean, then people started connecting dots with Stephanie McMahon stepping down not too long ago, and then Triple H kind of being relieved of his duties or whatever happened. You know, I'm not speculating on, on all that because that's that type of stuff isn't like what gets my attention, and I don't like, ooh, write that down or anything like that. I just know that something happened with Triple H, and obviously he was demoted to say the least. And, uh, you know, people started connecting those dots like, man, is is this just kind of like a little bit of like a slow burn that we really didn't see coming until – Obviously, all of this stuff was, you know, brought to light, but it was definitely a little bit of a shocker. Like, it was. Um, the fact that the board, I guess, is who is investigating this, like the WWE board and the board of directors. And I mean, that's just, it's crazy. Like, this is a, a can of worms that Vince McMahon probably didn't want to open up, but nonetheless, here we are. You know, it, it is open and. He came out and he kind of just downplayed it. Just everything that's been going on, he, you know, he made the most of it. He knew, well, people are going to want to hear me say something right. Well, let me just, at the very top of the show, get everybody tuned in, come out there, and literally pull something out of my ass. Because that's essentially what he did, you know? Like, who gives a you-know-what about the, the beginning of the show? Like, the little words that they're saying, like, all right, cool, like, that little video package the first time you watch it's like oh man nice we're about to watch something usually you're excited to watch a pay-per-view or like a raw or smackdown so you're like okay like cool you know this signifies that the show's about to start so naturally you do get excited when you see that but the fact that he like made that what his whole like Vince McMahon's going to speak he's going to be a smackdown tonight like i feel like that's a little bit of a slap to the face to a lot of fans you know a lot of people that you knew tuned in or whatever like uh Caleb said that they cut to the crowd right after Vince McMahon's music hit, after he said that. And there was someone in the crowd who was like, that's it? Like, are you kidding me? Totally understand, you know? Like, I'd be pissed, too, if I was there and, you know, we thought we were getting Vince McMahon to maybe say something. But I guess while I say that, like, what did you expect him to say? You know, do you expect him to come out there and spill the beans and say, yeah, you know, I had sexual relations with that woman or whatever, you know, get his Bill Clinton on or whatever. So I feel like, I don't really know what was expected of Vince. That's why the whole him making an appearance kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I was just like, whoa. I mean, I thought he was going to be, you know, kind of trying to lay low, fly under the radar a little bit. You know, I didn't expect him to, you know, make an appearance this Friday. But what do you think about it? I mean, from the news that broke, clearly I'm not a, you know, Sean Ross sap or anybody like that who breaks news. Clearly, I still don't understand the story in its full extent. And that's because I haven't like read an article or anything like that. I don't really care about like this wrinkle of it. But I understand, you know, covering the show, we have to kind of talk about it here. So I did, you know, look at some of the more reliable sources who are, you know, trying to cover the situation. And, you know, one thing that definitely is a common denominator is the seriousness, not only from... The board of directors, obviously, but just, like, from the entire fan base. Like, people are finally kind of just, you know, going up in arms, and people are calling for Vince McMahon's head. You know, who knows if anything's going to happen from it, but that's kind of just alarming to me knowing, you know, this week in wrestling, just kind of how crazy it was. 
Well, from like seeing like the crowd reaction, man, it kind of like made me seem or made it seem like as if there's like something behind this, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, of course, there's like all types of like pieces being moved around and stuff like that. So it, it might be. But then again, like, I don't know. I can't really like WWE. They do an awesome job at like giving little teasers and giving hints to things, you know. Yep. So it's kind of hard for me to even believe what the heck's going on at this situation, you know, because I would like, like you were saying, I wouldn't expect him just, you know, because I saw him walking out to the stage, you know, everybody freaking cheering on him, doing that little walk, you know. I go into my kid's room, come back, and he's walking back out of the ring, you know. So I didn't really take much from it, but I was like, what what was there? What What, what could he have said that just left everybody kind of just like, how you were saying, you know? Yeah, that was so anticipated. What did I miss? You yeah, know? I was like, you know, so I was kind of curious. But, I mean, then again, I can't really... I can't really put my my thumb on it just because, you know, like I said, I feel like WWE does like so many things to kind of like throw us off. So, I don't know. This is just an up in the air thing for me. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus well you mentioned you know you can't really put your thumb on it well, let's turn the page to somebody who is known to have a green thumb and that is matt riddle and he actually comes to the ring next, and he decides to take a stroll down memory lane and kind of just look at the history between he and Roman Reigns. They show a video package, you know, how it all started, how it's all kind of, you know, culminated. It's a word I got to get out there to this point, you know. And um, he does give Randy Orton a shout out, and he thanks him for everything that he's done over the past 20 years. And then he turns his focus to his championship match tonight, and he dedicates that match to Randy Orton. Plays Randy Orton's theme song just to kind of get himself going, get the crowd into it and all that good stuff. It was definitely a good segment from Matt Riddle. This felt like this felt like the real open to the show. You know, the Vince McMahon segment technically opened the show, but that was even before the theme song. You know, the Raw theme song, or sorry, SmackDown theme song. I smacked myself around in the face for that one. But uh, yeah, the Vince McMahon segment was right before the SmackDown theme song. And then this one technically opened the show. So what would you think about Riddle's promo here? Well, this kind of gave me like a, 
like a storyline vibe just because they, I don't know. I'm feeling like they're keeping Randy like relevant still, you know, just trying to keep pushing him, his like presence, I guess you could say. So I think there's like something behind this, you know, not taking too much of his injury. So that, that's what I think is going on with this. Yeah, they definitely just wanted to kind of get the crowd ready, kind of hype up that match that you I mean, you knew it was coming, and I mean, it definitely delivered. We'll get to that match, obviously, a little bit later in the show, but for now, we'll focus on that last laugh match mm. between Baron Corbin and Madcap Moss. Madcap does have a hometown advantage. He's one of the wrestlers from Minneapolis, Minnesota, so you knew the crowd popped once he came out. That typically means they're a hometown guy, and that was definitely the case tonight, but... Madcap does win with two punchlines. There was like a near countout situation here, but he climbs back in the ring. The match really wasn't the the most important thing from this segment, in my personal opinion. It's what happened after the match with Baron Corbin going up to Pat McAfee and calling him out, and you know, but basically saying, "You know, whenever I was at my lowest of low, you, you know, you gave me that tagline, or you basically." started you started the whole trend bum ass corbin you know mm-hmm. he calls him out for that and you know mentions how long they've known each other because obviously they both played on the colts for a small period of time together and they knew each other before the wwe but um yeah that's one thing that um is definitely well documented as far as like the pat mcafee show and all that stuff so it's kind of cool that they brought that to light but he tells pat mcafee basically to shut his mouth and um you know basically things along those lines you know it wasn't like a five-star promo or anything like that but he does you know let pat mcafee hear it a little bit and then he starts to walk away pat mcafee takes off his headset picks up a microphone and you know just gets the crowd involved immediately this segment right here kind of lets you know how over pat mcafee is with the crowd because he got them involved you know he did their local chants you know the minnesota chants and basically got them to say you suck and start laughing at him and literally pointing and laughing and they just laugh him out of the arena and um i wonder if this is leading to anything with you know pat mcafee and corbin you know are are we going to get pat mcafee in in a SummerSlam program i mean honestly hear me out here you know it's one of the bigger pay-per-views of the calendar year some people would say it's the second biggest pay-per-view in the whole year uh definitely the biggest one of the entire summer you want to get headlining matches there on that card. And I do believe that, you know, Pat McAfee, I mean, it's been a while since WrestleMania. It has. And he's definitely somebody who over-delivered, in my personal opinion, just how that match went at WrestleMania, one of the best segments of the of the entire night. Really love that one. But, um, yeah, I feel like maybe this one has the the signs that it could possibly end up, you know, ending at a SummerSlam between a... Baron Corbin and Pat McAfee, just kind of speaking it into existence here. Yeah, that'd be awesome right there. I even wrote that down in my notes, so I'm all for that. You know, like you were saying, it's going to be a good match. It keeps uh, Corbin at least somewhat relevant, you know, and, of course, uh, the people are behind Pat, like you were saying, so, I mean, it's going to get some pop. So I think that's going to be, you know, good, even if it's in Money in the Bank, you know, something shortcoming. I th- I personally think it would it would. Build, they're gonna build this. Okay, Pat's I mean, gonna yeah. bury him the next time they're on the that Corbin has a match and McAfee's on the broadcast. Oh my gosh, dude, that's gonna be money right there. He's going to absolutely just kill him on the mic, and I'm looking forward to that. Well, I was gonna say, man, e- either now or then. I mean, either way, it's gonna be great. So I mean, I'm all for it. But I mean, 
I am happy that Madcap did get that win. You know, he's good 3-0 over Corbin. So, you know, definitely got the big win over that good sweep, I guess you could say. But, yeah, everything was all good here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Up next, though, we get a SmackDown moment. It's like a little bit of a throwback. Kind of just paying homage to, you know, some moments that have happened, some big moments over the course of the history of SmackDown. And they go back to July 4, 2002, whenever Edge and Hulk Hogan won the WWE Tag Team Championships. You know, they reference how big of a fan of Hulk Hogan Edge was as a kid and all that stuff and how that was, you know, one of the, one of his bigger moments, you know, basically call it like the, you know, the modern day Kevin Owens getting a match with Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, his childhood favorite wrestler. And I don't know if Hogan was Edge's childhood favorite wrestler, but Hulk Hogan, especially in 2002, was an absolute icon. You're talking 20 years ago. I mean, this was never Hulk Hogan was fresh off the WCW run, barely getting back into WWE. So good, good times, definitely in a, in the wrestling world. But yeah, I hope they continue doing that, those SmackDown moments. I like that, just you know, just little moments in history. But Natalia has a little bit of a backstage interview where she predicts that Ronda Rousey will tap out. Been there, done that. We've heard people you know, predict this in the past. Hasn't always worked out for him. Uh, I, I would definitely, you know, like it to. I'm a, I'm a natty supporter, I guess you could say, but I don't think that she's going to end up fulfilling this uh, threat that she's making here. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt it was just weird because, like, the way that she was, she well, she wasn't looking at anybody. You know, she wasn't looking at the camera. She wasn't looking at Megan whenever she was interviewing her. So it was just like, like, who is this being directed toward? You know, just anybody out there you know i mean of course she was talking around and stuff like yeah. that but i don't know i just get i mean i just felt like the the talking was good it's just like it was a good promo yeah like the visual wasn't there yeah like, I, I feel it, you, yeah, yeah. So that, that was the only thing i took from that yeah we do uh try to progress that a little bit they're definitely keeping ronda rousey off the microphone this week she was nowhere was to be found and i wasn't necessarily complaining about that but up yeah. next we get new day Versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. Now, uh, just a typical tag team slow-paced match at first. Then Xavier Woods starts to play the trombone, which you already know starts to distract Shanky, who just can't help himself. He starts feeling it, you know, goes along to the beat, doing his typical dance moves. Jinder Mahal gets furious, forces his way into the match by, you know, forcing the tag, and then he gets hit with the Trouble in Paradise from Kofi Kingston. Causes his team to lose, and um, the New Day add another win to their pretty historic, I guess. I well, I don't want to say their their win column is historic, because they've lost a lot of matches, but they're a historic tag team who added another win to their resume. Yeah, this right here was just like comedy to me, bro. I, seeing Shanky dance is just positive vibe, you know. You yeah. can't be mad at it. I mean, I guess gender doesn't like it, but... I'm all for this, you know, especially whenever they're coming down. He's, like, kind of dancing behind them. Mm-hmm. It's just funny, bro. So yeah. I'm not mad at it. I don't feel like it hurts either one of the tag teams in either way. You know, it just kind of, I guess, are we building Shanky here? Yeah, well, just from the last few weeks, you know, that we've seen Shanky do this, I think mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that, like, he has more personality than we've ever seen Ricochet show, yeah, you know, and yeah. that's just that's crazy just from doing some pretty vanilla dance moves. But for <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, New Day get the win there. That trombone though was funny. Yeah, he's Just been playing. The... He's been playing that bad boy forever. And I guess I think it was a, uh, I think Kofi Kingston. He was actually on a, on a Pat McAfee interview once, and he mentioned that 
the trombone was just thrown out there one time. You know, mm-hmm. Xavier Woods had it, and he's known that he could play it, so they took it out there once, and Vince McMahon fell in love probably like six years ago. I don't know exactly how long it was, but it worked long enough for us. I mean, everybody who's listening to this podcast can tell you. I mean, they've they've had this trom- trombone there for a very long time. It's been different colors. Xavier Woods dealt with injuries where that was literally all he was doing on the outside of the ring, but they love it. I mean, it's a way to get the crowd involved, starts chants, just the tune, kind of mm-hmm. gets them going. But New Day gets a win here, and uh, we'll see if Jinder can either work his way into the more consistent winning matches for his team or maybe work his way into Dancing with the Stars. But either way, I think there's a bright future ahead of old Shanky. But continuing on here, Sheamus or Drew McIntyre? Which one of these guys is going to get added to the Money in the Bank contract match? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At the Money in the Bank pay per view. But, um,. That's kind of what it was promoted, right? It was advertised as who's going to be picked. Adam Pierce meets these guys in the ring to kind of decide. And he does mention that WWE management just flat out picked Sheamus. And Sheamus starts to celebrate. He hugs Adam Pierce. You know, he's ready to pop champagne. He's showboating and, you know, kind of boasting to Drew McIntyre. Drew just throws his mic down, clotheslines him out of the ring. Adam Pierce quickly goes over there to stop him and says, Drew. The next sentence out of my mouth was that you're in it too. I mean, I feel like that was, I mean, for a for a segment that probably shouldn't have been and wasn't supposed to be funny, mm-hmm. it did make me giggle there. I mean, it was just well done by everybody, especially Adam Pearce. And I'll definitely give credit where it's due there. He definitely played his part. But seven people are added to this match. I thought it was six or eight. Of course, it was the number right in between the ones that I were, was guessing. We did see Seth Rollins qualify. So Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, any chance that the winner of this match is already in it, despite four people not being uh, included yet? Are you willing to go out on a limb and say that one of these three might bag it? Mm, I don't know, dude, because we, we got to build for uh, Drew McIntyre already, so that's kind of weird. But if I was to pick out of these three, I would say Seth Rollins. Genius. That's exactly where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. 
it makes sense, especially how the show ends. Just, you know, talk about taking a trip down memory lane. Seth Rollins and that Money in the Bank contract. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, not yet. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of that money in the bank contract match, the qual or the the ladder match that's going to be happening, we get a qualifying match for the women's side. Raquel Rodriguez versus Shayna Baszler with Lacey Evans on commentary, and I will say just the tone that Lacey Evans was having, you know, kind of just going back and forth with Pat McAfee. You tell she's real focused there, kind of just looking in, not really breaking her eye contact, focusing on the match, talking about how she studies up every morning. She wakes up and she works hard. And she talking, you know, she focuses on winning. And, you know, that's just her strategy. That's her winning formula. And I couldn't get it out of my mind when I was watching this that she just, like, the way she was talking just reminded me of, like, a NASCAR driver. <laughs> I don't know why. Just that that confident. Just She just, you know, just sitting there. Kind of had that, you know, that country accent going on. You know, it's just so one thing Ricky that. Ricky Bobby's wife. Huh? Definitely. <laughs> Ricky Bobby's actually, you know, exactly who came to mind. So I'm glad you said that. But. Yeah, we get Lacey Evans there on commentary. But this match is pretty much what you would expect. Physical as hell. Um, both of these women, they just scream contender. That's why they both belong in this ladder match. But unfortunately, only one of them was going to be able to win and secure their spot out of the, I guess, maybe like four that are left. Because I know, I think Rhea Ripley, she qualified already. So did, wait, did she qualify? I'm not 100% sure because she might just be the flat-out number one contender mm -hmm. because she won that match whenever uh, Judgment Day was barely breaking up. But I'm not the person to talk about Monday Night Raw. So definitely, you know, don't want to completely overstep there. I do know Liv Morgan qualified and possibly some other people. So that's on me. You should know this, the women that qualified. But... If you don't, it's all right. You, the listener, should know this for sure. But, um, yeah, we get a match here qualifier. Uh, Shayna Baszler starts to target Raquel Rodriguez's leg. You know, she kicks it a lot of times. in the looked like she kicked her in her butt area, definitely, for sure, a couple times. Looked like some of those kicks hurt. I mean, you know, keep in mind, Shayna Baszler's definitely somebody who knows how to throw those legs around and make them hurt. Like we mentioned, uh, she was targeting her legs. But Raquel shall prevail, and she wins with a Tahana Bomb and qualifies herself in that Money in the Bank match. So now her, Lacey Evans, and Liv Morgan for sure are in that match. Same question. I want to say Alexa Bliss is also because Alexa they Bliss. won the tag yeah. team. All right, that makes sense. That mm -hmm. would make sense. Like I said, I mean, I didn't watch Raw this week, so that's why I said I'm not the person to comment on it. Um, there is a raw review here on this same network where you can definitely go check out if you want to link the raw review. And then obviously John, he tunes into raw usually pretty regular. Well, like we said, only one of us can watch it at a time and, uh, it just so happens to be his turn right now. <laughs> so, uh, we're rolling with that, but like we said, rock Hill qualifies. So we get that a nice little win there up next. Max Dupree. He, uh, he has it out for Adam Pierce, get his face again. I'm not really sure what the deal is, why they continue to push this back. Uh, they said last week that he was going to reveal his his first model. Didn't happen. They said this week it was going to happen. Didn't. Um, he said that they are, let me get this right, titillating the juices of their guilty pleasure. That's what Adam Pierce is doing by, you know, um, I guess, I'm trying to think of the words on the tip of my tongue. He is preventing the WWE universe from, you know, getting access to the to the male models here, the maximum male models. 
Some people were speculating. I'm not sure if it was you that showed me that earlier, that maybe it was going to be Vince because they were saying that he oh, yeah. you know, was going to make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that wasn't, uh, wasn't the case there. But I just wanted to kind of mention that Max Dupree, he made another appearance, but did not reveal who that first model is. Yeah, that wasn't good right there. I feel like this is just becoming like a, a waste of time, you know. Like, I thought the Lacey Evans thing was kind of getting out of hand. And now, like, this, like, being pushed on the next week or the following week and following week to figure out who this one person is, I think, yeah, just starting to get a little dragged too much. And I think Adam Pierce needs to go ahead and handle that situation right there. I, I think Adam Pierce, he might as well just say, you know what? Where where do I apply? I mean, here he said that he doesn't, you know, meet the requirements. They they already established that a long time ago, so that's kind of funny. But well, somebody sign up. Yeah, that. somebody needs to because clearly the they don't have people lining up for that. But let's go ahead and move on here. Ludwig Kaiser he explains the prestige and the lineage of the Intercontinental Championship and how it belongs on somebody like Gunther, and he says that it will will never be held by an American again. Mm-hmm. Even Pat McAfee was like, ouch. You know, he was like, dang, we'll see if that's an accurate statement. This title likes to bounce around a little bit. But he did have some valid points there where it was introduced, you know, in South America. It's been, you know, in Mexico, Canada, uh, all over the place. You know, it's definitely been defended on multiple different, I guess, continents. If it's the Intercontinental Championship. So, you know, definitely means a lot. And he, the one thing I agree with, though, from this promo that Ludwig cuts, he says that, Gunther's win was inevitable, and that's that's literally a word that I used whenever I was talking about it, and I just felt like him winning this championship was definitely inevitable, and it was going to happen, and sure enough, here we are, and I think that this was kind of like last week they won it. This week they had enough matches where they didn't need Gunther to really do anything in the ring, but hopefully this isn't a trend, right? It's like every time somebody gets that championship – we see them just, you know, slowly stop wrestling in the ring on a weekly basis, and I just don't understand that formula. Who's deciding that? What the hell the deal is? But either way, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it this week. It's clearly not a big deal or something that we need to even stress about, but definitely something that uh, raises your eyebrow, to say the least, whenever you're like, all right. I mean, we don't want to – it's not like we're trying to, you know, see you defend the title every single week, but let's get – you know, say, who's next, you know, and I'll just say, hey, the title isn't ever going anywhere, you know, say, you know, who who the hell wants a piece of this, you know, like, right. I don't think anybody does, though, that's a thing, because he is uh, definitely a buzzsaw, to say the least, but let's see here, continuing on, we are now to the main event, Roman Reigns versus Riddle for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. If Matt Riddle loses, he cannot challenge Roman Reigns again. Did you see that graphic where it was added there? No. Th- that if Matt Riddle loses, he cannot challenge Roman oh, Reigns yeah. again. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did see that at the bottom of the. Yeah, yep. yeah, that uh, I saw that added there. I was like, all right, it's definitely a little bit of a, a little bit of a twist, um, to say the least, but. Matt Riddle channels his inner Randy Orton, which is something he's been doing a lot uh, lately. He does make Roman Reigns earn this one. You know, it takes him to the limit, like WWE likes to say. He definitely, I guess, hung around, to say the least, and made uh, made an impression here, in my personal opinion. I thought that Riddle looked damn good in this match. Just the things that he was doing. It does suck, though, that... um, 
I guess it wasn't enough. You know, he took him out to the announce table. He did that little throw him up, make him land on his back. He didn't go through the table. He did the vintage Orton DDT, the running power slam that Randy Orton likes to do. He tried an RKO, didn't get it, eventually did get an RKO, and that's kind of where you thought that he had momentum and things might be switching his way. There was a Roman Reigns fan sitting there ringside in the first row, and he was living and dying with every single move that was going on in this match. You can kind of just see he had both of his championships there, and he was just waiting to hold them up at the end of the match. And that is what happens because, like we said, Roman Reigns does get a clean win here with a beautiful spear in midair, one of the more beautiful ones that we've seen here in a long time. Riddle tries to jump off like the top rope or something, a little bit of like a springboard, and he does. He runs right into a spear. And once that was hit, you knew one, two, three, Roman Reigns was winning this match. That spear looked like it like actually hurt, you know, because oh. he like caught him. He landed mid-air. like on his side. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, you know. Hidden Roman Reigns off the ropes, you know, you're basically like sending your body into like a wall. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, especially with it coming back with force. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely felt like Riddle took a good bump off that one. Yeah, and after the match, Roman Reigns cuts a promo. He basically just says, um, look, our whole mission, our whole plan all along, what we said we were going to do is uh, wreck everyone and leave. And that's pretty much what they did. They just wrecked Matt Riddle. And they basically point out that nobody's left. And I thought that nobody was going to come out. I really did. Just I thought SmackDown was going to go off the air and we weren't going to see Roman Reigns for quite some time. But somebody's music hits. And where was this SmackDown at? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Brock Lesnar is from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and he actually came out and um, gave Roman Reigns a little bit of like a fake, oh, I want to shake your hand, nope, sorry, F5, yeah, Jimmy and Jey Uso, y'all going to get an F5 here too. Every member of the bloodline received an F5. So yeah, you the twos, we the ones, Roman or Brock Lesnar says, I'm the five here. And I know that might not have been that great, but you know, got a little <laughs> connection with number five, so that number is a little bit superior And uh, clearly, actions speak louder than words. Brock Lesnar just wiped out the whole bloodline by himself. I think he could say whatever he wants, all right? Yeah, man, this was freaking, I mean, just going back to, like, beginning of this, like, the match was freaking awesome, you know, no negativity to say against him. And even Riddle's loss, I mean, I know it kind of dampers him just because, like, the stipulations and everything that was, you know, but... I don't don't really feel like it really hurt him. It didn't, no. That's a great point. I, I think that, you know... He's still got the momentum behind him. You know, people still love him. Uh, the fans, you know, the Roman was freaking pissed off because they were over there screaming Randy's name, you know, whenever he was winning. You know, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's definitely doing his job and making people hate him. So, I don't know. I feel like everything, you know, is starting to fall back into place. You know, hopefully we figure out. I don't, I mean, I don't want Brock. I, I, I don't. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, the injuries, like we mentioned, the mm-hmm. uh, the audibles that kind of got to get called and people got to adjust on the fly. 
and make these decisions, and I think that's definitely one where Randy Orton is probably going to be out for the rest of 2022. That's the rumor that's been floating around here lately. If that's the case, then Roman Reigns does not have an opponent for SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. So it looks like this is going to be the summer of Roman and Brock again, and you don't seem too excited about that. I definitely am not. I mean, whenever his uh, his music dropped, man, my heart dropped. You know, I was like, this again, you know, I'm not saying like in a bad way. I'm just like, because this is an actual person that can, you know, believe. Yeah, it's like know? having to play the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah you don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Well, well, well. Didn't want to go there, but it's still fresh. I don't want to rip that band-aid off. Too all right, it's all right. <laughs> but, I mean, I just can't. I don't know. I just don't want to be involved with this little whatever they got going on right now. I wanted Roman kind of, you know, he said he wrecked them all. You know, I want to let's repeat this. You know, let's beat everybody again. You know, <laughs> let's see something else. Started from the top. Brock yeah. Lesnar, huh? Well, he, save him for last again, real, because gosh dang, he, he's just too much of a person, you know. Like every time he comes out, Pat McAfee, you know, he's like over there. This is. Alpha, Alpha male, male yeah. you know, he, he, he's actually meaning that. I think, you know, I mean, that he's a, I don't even know what to call that guy. He's like a freaking robot or something. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I, I just don't want it to go in that direction again. I totally understand. I mean, we've had it for a, a good chunk of this calendar year already of 2022, you mm-hmm. know, and you're already going to tell us you're going to give it to us again for the next couple of months, and neither guy is on TV on a weekly basis, so it's likely going to be nothing but, like, one person shows up every other week to cut a, a promo on the other guy. I mean, I don't really know. It's it's not something that I want to rehash into, you mm-hmm. know. But, I mean, nonetheless, it looks like we're going to. I don't feel like they just brought this out there to give us a little, you know, midsummer gift. You know, I think that this is definitely leading to a rematch between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And who knows, they might, um, you know, it would be funny if they said – we're going to make this match for the WWE Championship. Just the WWE Championship and Brock Lesnar wins and gets his belt back in their back to just having their own belts. Mm-mm. That would no, suck, you yeah. know what I mean? But it would be hilarious if, if, they really t- if they really took that route. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, like, another scenario in my head, man. Maybe tag team, you know, start from the bottom, work his way back up to top dog. Well, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't like that he's... Just being thrown back right there, you know, like, we were gone and past all this stuff, right? You know, I'm just kind of just like, I don't want to cycle again, you know? Yeah. That's that's what I'm, how I feel. Yep. We don't need we don't need leftovers. You yeah. know, we well, there's plenty of food out there. There's plenty of good meals that we haven't gotten a chance to eat yet. We just mm-hmm. need to, you know, try to venture out a little bit. And I feel like going back and uh, putting the same old orders in at Uber Eats isn't going to get the job done, although sometimes... Those old mills hit, but go ahead, yeah. I was going to say one thing that could possibly, possibly get me entertained with this Brock thing is if they actually just moved him over to the IC. Mm. Let be, him and Gunther go at it, huh? That would be different right there, you know. Like, I would want to actually That's a like, match see that, that right man. there. Yeah, I, I would want to see that. Like, the Ronin stuff, no. Don't don't want to see it no more. But if they did just moved him around a little bit, yeah, this is just an uh, introduction back because who else is going to beat Gunther? Yep. You know, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't feel thoughts, like anybody. I don't feel like anybody has a great, great chance right now as it sits to to beat Gunther, especially the guys that are going to be lining up to do it. Okay, so on this, or before we start breaking everything down, closing, wrapping up, 
on these next or on next week, these next three matches, who do you got? Shotzi versus Aaliyah. I got Shotzi. Okay. We got Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. Shinsuke Nakamura. And then we got Gunther and Ricochet. They're going at it next week? Yep. Gunther is going to win, and it will be more decisive. I think that Ricochet hung around in the initial championship match, and he got a lot of offense in on on Gunther. And I won't be shocked if that happens again. You know, it could be the other way around. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I do feel like this could be a way where, like, they really bury him. You know, like, Mm -hmm. not like... Like the WWE terms or wrestling terms of bury somebody, which is you know just have them lose repetitively. But I'm just saying, like in a in a sense of like in the match, they could really make him get his ass kicked. Like they could really make Gunther look like an absolute badass. Not not like they need to make him look like that, but it wouldn't hurt if they you know made him break out that power bomb and just you know maybe power bomb ricochet through a table or something like that and get DQ championship advantage whatever. I'm just saying, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Ricochet uh, or Gunther put a little bit of a beating on Ricochet just because, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of seeing Gunther do things like that. But, yeah, definitely gotcha, think gotcha. Gunther's going to retain. I'm kind of on the other side of this just because, like, I, I want to see, like, a like a story built out of this, you know, just, I don't know, maybe Ricochet, he wins it back, you know, and then it kind of just progresses a little bit more into, like, Money in the Bank, maybe, like, a, a mid-card match or something, you know. I don't know. I just felt like them two having matches together is just something entertaining. To watch, oh, it is. You know? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. They just mesh well. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with, uh, man, I hope Sammy beats Shinsuke on this. You know? Okay. I'm kind of on the Sammy si- uh, Sammy's side. Sorry. But I don't know about the honorary, honorary Oose anymore. He needs to go ahead and uh, wipe that title off unless he does something yeah, to I mean, kind of help it out. He earned Riddle this match tonight, you know, by losing last week. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, that's kind of – I mean, he didn't. He, they didn't answer the door when he was knocking on the outside of it, you know, during this episode of SmackDown. So mm-hmm. I think you might be onto something where he might definitely get removed from that – that title and just like from the group itself you know i think that it might be a little bit of a physical removal too like he might be out there maybe next week in his match you might see him come up to them before try to get some help say hey you know i could really use some help in this match to get in the you know the money in the bank win it and keep it from everybody else so nobody can cash in on roman reigns you know Mm -hmm. that could be his way to you know try to get some assistance to get in the match so I could see you being on to, some, to something there, you know, maybe having the Usos get involved and Roman Reigns and uh, Paul Heyman being more so focused on Brock Lesnar, yeah, you know, yeah. that presence. Whereas the Usos are free to, you know, focus on that money in the bank and kind of get it, keep it in the bloodline too by, you know, that honorary Us. But that does do it for the SmackDown review portion of this episode. Like I mentioned, we have another top five here coming for you guys, and it is the top five tag teams that were split up just a little bit too early. And John isn't going to have too much to say about this top five, given that, like you guys already know, he hasn't been watching wrestling for an extremely long time. So these past few years, he's not really familiar with some of these teams, and obviously they've been split up, so they don't exist anymore. So... We're going to go through my list. I don't have an honorable mention. It's just straight up the top five teams, and I just kind of wanted to dive in here and just touch on them a little bit and explain why I think that it might have been stupid that they were split up. 
Number five, Heavy Machinery. You guys know Tucker and Otis. This was that group that kind of came up from NXT. They had that gimmick of like hard working, you know, the working man. It was working man Otis and Tucker. And they came out to that like construction music. And it was definitely a weird gimmick. But I feel like as a tag team, they had chemistry together. And you believed it. You know, they, they matched. They had a little bit of like the Garrison Cade and Trevor Murdoch kind of vibe from the the raw brand in the ruthless aggression era just those two kind of southern hillbilly looking dudes that can kick some ass and i feel like that tag team definitely got tore apart a little bit too early i don't even think that they managed to get a a tag team championship uh reign at all i don't think they won those championships along with some of the other teams on this list but I definitely am a little bit disappointed in uh, in them splitting them up because I, fo- I felt like there was a little bit juice left to be squeezed. But if you ask anybody who felt like it was worth it for them to be, to be split up, I think it might be Otis because he, the, you know, a, a big reason, or I guess the start, the beginning of the end for this team splitting up was Otis getting into a love storyline with Mandy Rose. If you haven't seen that, you definitely might want to, especially, I mean, it was Money in the Bank a few years ago, actually. Otis won. Yeah, he did, man. And uh, Otis won money in the bank two years ago. That was actually crazy just thinking about it. But, yes, I do have heavy machinery here. And number five, thinking they were split up just a little bit too early. Number four, the bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. And I know this is kind of a team that, you know, shouldn't have been together in the first place, you might say. But they were, and they were a damn good tag team. Their chemistry is undeniable. And I feel like, I mean, obviously Cesaro no longer working for the company. Sheamus has been kind of up and down since then. Now he's kind of found a home with the Brawling Brutes or isn't that what it is? Something like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly, but that's definitely on me. But anyways, um, I just felt like this tag team, you kind of caught lightning in a bottle and you shouldn't have split it up because of their chemistry and they could have just been like a mainstay of uh, two singles wrestlers who just stuck together, but you didn't do it. You split them up and I felt like both superstars kind of, you know, definitely felt the the negative effect of that for a while there Seamus obviously lands on his feet a little bit better but he's just an overall better character than Cesaro Cesaro obviously got his walking papers and we'll see if he ends up coming back at any point but right now not working for the company so you uh you definitely are sad to see that team get split up because you wonder what if if they never would have got split up number three the Iconics another group that's no longer with the company uh this one kind of speaks for itself I mean they were one of the only true tag teams in a women's tag team division that was slim already. Had no one. Still has no one. But this was a team that made sense. They were believable. They won those championships from Sasha Banks and Bailey at WrestleMania. That's a hell of a moment. Um, they were both Australian. Like, they kind of just they fit together perfectly. Both extremely attractive women. I mean, it was just money of a tag team. They They had comedic timing. They kind of seemed like they were getting their groove together in the ring, and it was just, it was strange timing. They never really worked out once they split up at all. Eventually, they both got, um, both got their walking papers, but I will say Peyton Royce, not Peyton Royce, sorry, Billy Kay, she was the one who kind of had that, um, that resume gimmick where she was kind of walking around, handing people her resume and all that stuff. I don't know if you got to see that or if it was just a little bit before your time. It's crazy. Some stuff I feel like. Isn't that long ago, but I guess it is, man. It's just crazy how fast time goes. But, yeah, the Iconics there at number three, they obviously no longer work for the company. I do believe they both actually hung up their boots, and they're moving on to other avenues in their career path. So, obviously, we wish them the best going forward. But number two, 
this is one that I really feel like had a lot left. And as far as like on the mic and just getting pops on a weekly basis, they kind of were putting the tag team division on the map there for a little bit. And it's Enzo and Cass. And you might not, obviously I know we already talked about it before we recorded. You don't know who Enzo and Cass are. Mm Mm-hmm. They had something going, man. They brought, they were there with Carmella, like Carmella's old gimmick before she became the most ravishing or beautiful woman in WWE whenever she was still the, you know, moonwalking, trash-talking princess from Staten Island, you know. I'm not sure if you saw that era. But, yeah, she kind of she came up with them. I saw them at a show here in Amarillo probably like 2015, I think it is. I'm not really sure exactly when it was. Maybe 2016, I don't know, but... Anyways, they were here, and it was my first introduction to them. Big cast. He's literally like seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. That's just part of their saying. That kind of just naturally came out. But anyways, massive dude. Enzo Mori was one of the best talkers on the microphone for a short period of time. That's no exaggeration. Any promotion, he was just consistently just slaughtering it on the mic, and he did a damn good job. And you just hated to see this team split up the way they did it. It was like an awkward kind of split up where one of them got attacked from behind backstage, and they were blaming the other person. And then eventually he finally fessed up and said, yeah, it was me or something like that. And it was just weird. They did have legit problems backstage. Like that's why they split up is because they legitimately didn't get along anymore. Eventually they both got released from the company. Big cast dealt with like mental health issues and Enzo is just, I mean, he has a rap career. He dealt with like a sexual assault allegation. He might end up, he did end up beating that if I'm not mistaken. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I don't even really want to get into that because that's very serious, but I do know that there was some allegations at the very least, from a woman in Phoenix. He has a rap about it, but that is the number two team. I was uh, definitely kind of sad whenever they broke up. But anyways, number one, man, this team I felt like had Dudley Boys, Hardy Boys, uh, Guerrero Brothers, like literally that type of potential as a tag team. And this is American Alpha. Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. This team, they could have been the next you know, team angle, the world's greatest tag team, whatever, however you want to phrase it. This team had potential. And I don't even understand. Like they were, they they were split up. So one of them can go to raw and pretend to be Kurt Angle's illegitimate birth son. Yeah. Biologically. And it was Jason Jordan too. Not even Chad Gable. Dude. I feel sorry for you that you don't that you didn't get to watch that because man that is that that was a moment just I mean people's minds were blown looking back now I really wasn't too like like pissed off about that team splitting up and or at the moment I wasn't extremely pissed off but now I'm like dude what the hell were y'all thinking like Jason or Chad Gable ended up cutting his hair and because he used to have long hair that's what's crazy he cut his hair and completely changed his look he ended up being called Shorty G for a while there and. Definitely. I mean, Jason Jordan, I don't even know if he still works for the company. He ended up dealing with injuries and all that stuff, but he had potential, man. Just he was throwing people around. Like, it's ac- it's actually kind of insane that he his career is already over. And it looked like he was for sure had a rocket strapped to his back and he was on his way to the top. But yeah, American Alpha is on the top of this list at the number one spot. Just I feel like out of all the tag teams that were split up over the past few years, they are definitely the ones that had the most potential. 
Well, that's pretty interesting, man. And it's kind of good that you're, you know, kind of throwing this out there. I mean, of course, you know, there are some suggestions on keeping this uh, in the show and everything. But then again, it gives me something else to like kind of look up on, you know, kind of catch up on some history, I guess you could say, kind of work my brain a little bit. But yeah, I definitely want to go check out that number two and number one team. Yeah. You definitely at least want to check out their entrance. They had a very unique entrance every single night, every single time they came out to the ring. So I would definitely recommend that. But that does do it for us here on the SmackDown Review. Thank you guys so much for joining. Obviously, we appreciate you guys every time you listen to these episodes. It is very late. We are both kind of running out of gas here. So we're going to definitely, you know, close the show out here. But, John, anything you got to say? Any shout-outs? Any plugs before we sign off? Well, I definitely want to give you a shout out, man. Thank you for having me, you know, every week and everything. I'm definitely trying to work my ways around everything, but yeah, definitely be here. But um, yeah, I definitely want to give a shout out to the listeners and everything. Thank y'all for, you know, making this part of y'all's week and everything. You know, this is, it's it's interesting to kind of get the feel or see some of the feedback that we're starting to get a little bit, you know, here and there. So I know it's more directed more towards Mike, but DJ Kuzmo, definitely want to give you a a shout out, brother. Hope you're, you know, going through your surgery pretty well and everything, recovering. And, uh, yeah, man, definitely miss you on the mailbag and everything like that. Your voice is definitely unique, I guess you could say. But, um, yeah, definitely want to shout out the football function, you know, any sports people uh, listening to football, you know, kind of get in tune with what Mike got going on over there. Something to check out. But, yeah, man, I think that's all there. All right, I appreciate that, buddy. As always. I do want to piggyback on that, though. DJ Kuzma, buddy, we miss you. I appreciate all the feedback. Like always, man, DJ's been one of the most loyal listeners that I've had here on the SmackDown Review since its inception. But there's a few other listeners as well that have definitely, you know, given some contributions. Oh, yeah. And just everybody else. You know, I know that this show gets downloaded. So, I mean, everybody else who doesn't give us a feedback, we appreciate you listening as well just as much. So, oh, yeah, definitely want to give a shout-out to you guys that just kind of kick back, relax, and just listen. So, yeah, I hope you guys all have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWEPodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.